look back and I think, what what a nitwit I was, you know, starting a business the way I did, uh, looking at uh, looking at the risks associated with it. And really, you're right. I, you know, we had somewhat of a plan. We kind of knew where we were going. But the truth is, your basis for a plan that we had uh, didn't even come close to what the business is today. It's just something that's fun, it's new, it's innovative, it's a way of looking at something different. You have new vehicles coming out and you're thinking, oh, wow, if you know that new Bronco's gonna come out, what is this gonna look like on it? And that's, yeah. that's so much fun. Or that new Jeep's gonna come out. And what if I lifted it this way? And what if I did this? And you know, how about this truck? Or how about this? You know, we even we sell wheels for Ferraris all the way to, uh, to you know, uh, lifted trucks. I mean, you name it, we can put something on it. So that creates excitement all the time. Welcome to the Proco 360 podcast. I'm Dave Tabor, hosting Proco 360 because I love getting to know Colorado's entrepreneurs and leaders and sharing my conversations with them with you. My guests have figured out how to build very successful businesses while being collaborative, enjoying all that Colorado has to offer, and doing that with other talented people who share their values. This episode is with Randy White, founder and CEO of Wheel Pros. A couple of months ago, I had never even heard of Wheel Pros. Then looking at a list of top importers to Colorado, I saw the company and wondered, who is this? I've since learned that last year, Wheel Pros sold over 3 million aftermarket wheels for off-roading enthusiasts. Wheel Pros has distribution hubs all over the country and over 13,000 retailers, and they're bringing more and more manufacturing back to the US. So as embarrassed as I was not knowing about Wheel Pros, I'm excited that Randy White could join me today via Zoom on Proco 360. Randy, thanks for being with me for Proco 360 listeners. Absolutely. My pleasure. Looking forward to it. You know, so how was my overview of Wheel Pros? I mean, give us your take on your business and what's going on now. I think you were pretty accurate. Uh, the business has grown, uh, started in 96. We've grown into where it is today. In 2003, we made the conscious decision that we did not want to be a distributor. We wanted to be a full service marketing company that built our own product, designed our own product, engineered it, distributed it, and supported it. So we went very much from a a push concept where we were selling to re re retailers to where we want our consumers to go in and say, this is the wheel that I want. This is what I want to put on my vehicle. And, and so there's a combination there. Uh, but the only way to, the, to accomplish that, right, it was a conscious decision, like I said, back in 2003, the only way to accomplish that was to own your own brands. And that way you can take them anywhere in the United States. We have 35 locations throughout the United States, two in Canada, two in Australia, one in the United Kingdom. We sell all over yeah. the world. And the, I couldn't do that if I didn't own every single trademark, every single brand. So Real Pros owns all those different brands that you've got in your catalog and that you've got on the website and so forth. Those are all owned by Real yeah. Pros. Wow. Yes, okay. My head's getting clearer now. I had the impression that those were all independent companies who you repped uh -uh. through district. No, they're all. So why do you have so many brands? Is it because each brand has its own image, its own look? You got it. Identity. 
Um, oh, you know, whether that's fuel brands where you want, yeah, you, you got an off-road racer that wants to go run in the dirt and have some fun. That's our KMC or XD brand. You got fuel guys that they want to lift their trucks and have some fun. I have American force brand, right? Well, that's a show truck brand and it has a massive following and people are extremely passionate about their lifted trucks and, and what that likes. They all, they all go to the shows and, and, you know, we even actually sell, wheels for Ferraris and have uh, relationships there. We participate in GT3 racing. We participate in the King of the Hammers racing. We participate in Baja racing. So So, there is a massive, you know, uh, so many brands you can have. And and we try to focus those brands on those individual segments and what it looks like. Last year, we imported and uh, made here in the United States a little over three and a half million wheels. So we're still pushing that envelope best we can. Uh, you know, proud to say that the the customer base that you just mentioned was right. 13,000 plus customers that we actively do business with. Uh, the business continues to grow. We continue to find ways to uh, not only sell just wheels, but other products. We sell tires and uh, accessories, lug nuts, locks, and uh, lift kits and all kinds of stuff. Uh, so, uh, you know, I think you did a good job. Makes well, sense to and, me. Uh, and, and like, you know, when you think of uh, when I'm mentioning aftermarket wheels, it's basically when when you see a vehicle and it's got beautiful wheels, whether they're stainless or they're red or whatever, you know, it's not something you get at a dealer. This is what you're selling, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, most of our stuff is bought through retailers. Uh, you know, wherever that might be, whether that's a discount tire or a Les Schwab or a tire rack or whatever, there's tons of tons of different spots that you can go and find these uh, products. And yeah, you know, the colors, you, you know, we, we've went everything from chrome to polish to black to silver to milled to, hmm. so you pretty much name it. And we've probably yeah. painted it that way. Ha. Uh, either, either large runs or, sh- or short runs, however you want to customize your product and uh, make it yours. Well, how does the flow of the product go? I mean, it took me a while digging around to like try to get a handle on it. You mean you make some, you rep some, you don't sell direct to consumer. You, you know, let's take, for example, this a brand called Fuel Off-Road. And, you know, I see them in your catalog, the Wheel Pros catalog. I see them at Tire Rack. I see them at Discount Tire and probably at independent retailers. And Fuel has its own website where you can browse products. So when a consumer buys wheels, like how does that flow of product work? Yeah, great question. <laughs> uh, you know what? It, uh, it's the flow of product really comes through our retailers, right? Whether that's an e-commerce e-tailer or whether that's a brick and mortar e-tailer, what you find is you you walk into a, a retail shop, you're interested in buying some fuel wheels. You talk to that counter person about it. That counter person uh, pretty much knows where to go and find it. If they don't, I've not done my job, but most of them, if not all of them do. Uh, they phone our warehouse um, and then we we get the product to them. And really, when you look at the business overall, where, where we're located allows us to get that product in uh, probably 80, 85 percent of the time within 24 hours or less. Ah. Well, and, and I've done that. I've purchased tires at, you know, big box places and, you know, they don't have them, but they have them the next day. So I, I kind of see that. But yeah. like, why don't the big names, and you mentioned a couple, whether it's Discount Tire or Tyra, why don't they buy direct from from the, the the brands themselves if they're doing that much volume? Is it because of the distribution that you provide? 
Yeah. Well, there, there's several reasons, right? One, I'm going to tell you right away that all of them do buy direct from manufacturers and they do have uh, some of their own brands, right? But uh, it's absolutely impossible to carry a breadth of product to, to be able to service every single consumer. There's at any given time, based upon the year make model, based upon hub bores, uh, all this side, not to get technical on you, but based upon all those stats, right? We have over a million different combinations in which we can service, right? So when you look at the size of it, when you look at the finish of it, when you look at the hub bore, when you look at the year making model of the car, every single car has its unique characteristics in which you have to apply. Uh, in order to make a wheel work. And then, and then now, now you get into style, right? Well, yeah. some guy wants his wheels to stick out a little bit. Some guy wants to lift his truck. Some guy wants a wider stance. Some guy, and so by the time you, you get through all those iterations, it's extremely complicated in the way you look at it. And in order to store that, that's technically impossible for yeah. any retailer to do. Every brand that I have also, I own those brands, right? We started out as a distributor and just buying brands and then redistributing them. And, and at some point in time, right, it, it came full circle on us. We went, you know what? In order to be successful at that, we have to have not only a pull, but we have to have a push uh, and we have to own our own brands and we have to be able to market thing, thing, these, these items appropriately. And we have to be able to identify who's passionate, what they want. And, and so it really becomes an art it's a science. And, and for, for somebody like Discount Tire, who is just a phenomenally good company, they, they go after this thing as, you know, uh, uh, tires, right? That's their main focus. My main focus is wheels and that's it, right? Even though we sell some tires uh, mm -hmm. uh, and I supply tires to Discount, but uh, the truth of it is, is uh, the business for us is all about wheels. Yeah. Now, how did you get into this business? Wow, I, I stumbled into it, right? Um, look, I'll give you a little bit of history and then we can walk forward. But when uh, my father owned a glass shop on the West Slope of Colorado, I grew up in Grand Junction. Uh, you know, he really put that thought process into my mind that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I went to Arizona State University. I got my finance degree. I was at a minor in accounting. Uh, I came out of school. I had a couple other jobs. You know, I was uh, selling uh, uh, 401k plans. I was, you know, had my licenses <laughs> and everything. Uh, and, and, and really, I decided that wasn't for me, that I really wanted to, to be able to run a business, to be able to be that entrepreneur that my father was. So I, I moved I moved from Arizona back here to Denver. Uh, one of the first interviews I had was with a guy uh, that owned a business here in Denver called Trick Wheels. Uh, they sold custom automotive wheels. I would have, you know, I had no clue that this industry even existed. Um, at the time I walked in, he says, well, I really don't need anybody, but um, I'm selling my business. I'm rolling it up to uh, American Racing was the name of the brand yeah, at the point sure. in time. I'm selling my business and I'd really like for uh, need some help from an accounting and finance standpoint as I'm selling this business. Well, I walked in the door thinking it was a temporary job. Uh, he and I hit it off. Uh, I helped him a ton. I saved him a bit of money here. And as soon as I saved him some money, he liked that. He <laughs> offered me a permanent position, right? And uh, and that's where I really got into the business uh, at that point in time. I worked for American Racing for, yeah, it was about eight years from 19, call it 1988 to 1996, in which uh, that's the year that I started Wheel Pros with a couple of partners. Wow. So what made you decide, what was that, how'd that 
switch get flipped? They said, okay, I'm going to start my own now. Oh, you know, it, it, you're going to laugh at this one because look, I, I, I had opportunities with American Racing. They, they came to me and said, look, I need you to either move to Los Angeles or to Chicago because in order for you to move up the chain in this business, you know, here's the positions that are open. Uh, I, I, I think they liked what I was doing. Um, they offered me a position in Chicago. My wife and I flew up to Chicago. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we went and looked at homes. They were going to help me buy a home. It was great. Uh, on the plane ride home, my wife cried the entire time. <laughs> God bless her. And I, 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 we landed and I said, look, Corey, I'm, you know, that's my wife's name. Corey, I'm not, I am, I am uh, not going to do this. We're not going to do this, right? It makes you unhappy, makes me unhappy. So we're out. And at that point in time, uh, I was working in Grand Junction at their office there. I moved to Denver um, to uh, work here because that's, that was their next office. Says, well, you can work to Denver and stay in your current position. And at that point, I realized, right, uh, you know, I, I'm of the age that I, I thought I needed to start making some decisions around me being a, an entrepreneur and wanting to own or run my own business. Yeah. I made that leap of faith um, and I made that decision in 1995. And in 1996, February of 96, I opened, uh, I opened Wheel Pros with yeah. a couple of my partners. And, you know, funny enough, I had my wife, we moved here. She had a job. Uh, I had a son that was born on February 9th. And uh, February 1st, 1996 was my first day. He was born mm. on February 9th, 1996. Wow. And we just strapped in and we made it through <laughs> a couple of rough years. Had a great yeah. time doing it. You know, it. that's, that's yeah. so interesting. I mean, I started my my business too when I had like an infant at home. People are like, you're nuts. Yeah. And I started it in the house. Yeah. I thought it was going to operate out of my house. And like after one day with the kids screaming in the background, I was like, this is not going to work. It's not going to work. You must have had that kind of stuff going on too. Yeah. yeah. So well, it know, makes for interesting times, but it puts the pressure on you and you, you end up performing. It? You don't have the pressure. Pressure's a good right? thing. Pressure's good. Hey, I'm it your host, Dave thing. Tabor. Today on Proco 360, you're listening to my conversation with Randy White. This is the show featuring entrepreneurs who could be successful anywhere in Choose Colorado. Thanks to our sponsors, First Bank. Happy to have First Bank as Proco 360's newest sponsor. Kinsley Meetings, MicroStar Keg Logistics, and Via Technologies. These great companies support Colorado businesses and entrepreneurs, and they support this show. And thanks to the Colorado Chamber of Commerce for its support for me and Proco 360. So, Randy, on your website, I love this line, although it's probably not good business. It says, started with a wheel, not a vision, not a plan. So isn't that yeah. a terrible way to start a business? You know what? It's, it's, it, it, it's an interesting thought, right? And it makes you really think. And that's why I liked it, right? It's not about, it, it, it really is trying to be foundational in the way you look at it, right? It wasn't about me that created this industry, right? It was about something that happened in 1956 when they started building wheels out of their garage. And I think it speaks to passion. Why, why are we in this business, right? Uh, it's not a vision. It's more like, a, I want to I build something cool. I want to own something cool. I want to be able to put something different on my vehicle. It's all about that passion behind vehicles what it is to customize them, how it feels, you know, and, and the personal connection that you feel with that vehicle. And then, you know, uh, it, it, you know, quite frankly, you know, it, it probably sounds strange, but I think yeah. that's what it was all about, right? I, I, and it's me uh, sitting there saying, it's not about wheel pros. It's not about 
what we did. It's about who created this industry and what it looks like. Mm-hmm. I think you know, we, I, you know, later on, we talk a little bit about vision, but uh, it, it, it really, from my standpoint, it, it, it grounds us as to why we're mm-hmm. here and why people love what we do. You know, I, I appreciate that. And I also, I also appreciate that sometimes you start a business before you have a plan. And I think some, sometimes yeah. entrepreneurs spend so much time on their plan or even they spend weeks on a logo and they haven't even got anything to sell yet. And, and so you're laughing. I mean, don't you think that's true? Sometimes you just have to start. Yeah, you do. You know, if I look, I look back and I think what, what a nitwit I was, you know, starting a business the way I did, uh, looking at, uh, looking at the risks associated with it. And really, you're right. I, you know, we had somewhat of a plan. We kind of knew where we were going. But the truth is, your basis for a plan that we had uh, didn't even come close to what the business is today. I, I had no idea. All I cared about, how was I going to get through that first year? Okay, did I make it through the first year? Did I make any money? Did I make payroll? Okay, I, I'm successful at that point, right? And you're right. I mean, we, we had ideas surrounding it. Would I call it a vision? No. Uh, you know, we operated out of fear a lot of times to make <laughs> things happen. But I tell you what, as we got into it and we started to learn and understand within that first two years, we started understanding what that vision looks like and, and we started executing on it. And that vision shifts every single year. When, when we see more, we broaden our horizons, we have more capable people around us. It's an exciting and absolutely fun thing to do. Yeah. So fear is an amazing driver early on, both of of effort and creativity. Do you miss some Ooh. of that now that you're not, you know, possible failing every day? You, you know, it's, yeah, you replace it with different fear though, right? I mean, <laughs> um, and I, I'm, I'm terrible at this or I'm good at this. I don't know. You can define it however you want to define it, but Look, stir in the pot. I, I, you know, for for wheel pros, it's a constant. Are we going to add warehouses? How are we going to grow next year? You know, how, what risks do we need to take? How many more wheels do we need to develop? How many more SKUs do I need to develop? What businesses can we go get? And so it's just this constant turmoil of uh, of things that we challenge ourselves with. And, and I think that's where you foundationally, you look back at yourself and that's your fear at that point. It's not necessarily how I'm going to make payroll. How am I going to make, how am I going to make this work and integrate it into my business? And there's stress and fear that goes with that. And, you know, you surround your people with that same type of attitude and, and they perform and it's, it's so much fun to see them succeed. Are you still motivated? Like when you, I look at your catalog and it's got all these, I mean, your catalog is essentially porn for guys that like cars. So, you know, I mean, (laughs) so, I mean, do you look at those and do you see new models and get all excited again? Or are they just skews at some point? No, I, I, everybody does. Right. Look, we have, we have 20 plus designers. We have engineers on our team. We have sales staff that gets excited about it. We have managers that get excited about it. I get excited about it. We, you know, all through the company, every single one of us, even my partner, right? He gets still motivated about it and what it looks like. And so, yeah, you do, you, you, you know, it's just, it's just something that's fun. It's new. It's innovative. It's a way of looking at something different. You have new vehicles coming out and you're thinking, oh, wow, if, you know, that new Bronco is going to come out, what is this going to look like mm, on it? And that's, yeah. that's so much fun. Or that new Jeep's going to come out. 
And what if I lifted it this way? And what if I did this? And, you know, how about this truck or how about this? You know, we even, we sell wheels for Ferraris all the way to, huh. uh, to, you know, uh, lifted trucks. I mean, you name it, we can put something on it. So that creates excitement all the time. Around. So there's going to be like a new electric Hummer coming out, for example, do you look at that yep. and, and design new wheels specifically for that vehicle? We do. And we don't, we not only just look at vehicles, we look at people's lifestyles, right? And we try to give symbolism behind what that is, right? Whether that's the Hummer or whether that's, you know, the new deal is Overland, right? I think some of the stuff that Overlands uh, are doing, you know, the, the tents on the roof and all the different equipment and the way they pack everything. And, and we go, wow, that is, that's just amazing industry and where they're headed with it. And I think, you know, the Hummer's really no different. The Bronco's really no different. I think it's a who is that consumer going to be? What are they going to be? What, how do they see their life? What works for them? How do we integrate ourselves within that, that society? What does it look like? What, what do they like? Do they like to surf? Do they like to ski? Do they like to hike? Do they like to bike? And you start getting a feel for what that consumer looks like, how they're motivated, what it, you know, what's really going to appeal to their taste? Is it super clean wheels where you're going to take a, you know, your date downtown, or is it going to be a, just something super rugged off road? You need a beefy wow. tire and you're going to go four wheeling, or you're going to throw your bikes on the back and you're going to go to Moab, Utah, or wherever you want to go and just have some fun. And, and so uh, that's how we look at yeah. our designs. That's how we have fun with it. And our team, uh, you know, I'm not a creative guy, by the way, let me just square you up on that. But <laughs> we have guys that are super good at it. And uh, they, they come up with some stuff that just uh, you shake your head about and they just crank it out and, and, and enjoy themselves. Wow. You talk a lot about fun. And I, I think that's exciting for you. It's exciting for your team. Is it still fun? I mean, you've talked about how private equity has come into your business now. You've done transactions using outside private equity funds. They must yep. be requiring a different perspective on the business. I mean, you can't go to a PE guy or woman and say, isn't this a great new wheel? Give us money. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, uh, the private equity is interested in in making money, building your business, helping you grow your business. And so there's definitively pros and cons with it. But I, you know, I, I made that decision back in 2003 with our first private equity. And quite frankly, we were sold, uh, I, I remained a partner in it. In 2008, it was sold again, remained a partner in it. 2013, uh, 2014, sold again, remained a partner in it. When you say sold again, you're talking about wheel again. pros? You're saying wheel pros was sold yeah. to private equity? Yeah. Yeah. So it's owned. You're and not. We, you're, you're not an own. You're not the owner. A private equity firm is. I am not now. the owner. I am a part owner. I am the founder, and then I still remain an owner in the company. Got it. And yeah. that's what's fun about it, right? Um, you de-risk a little bit, so that that's favorable. I like that. Um, you gain some uh, perspectives around your business from private equity. You get some help from them. Uh, not on the day-to-day -day operations. Uh, they pretty much leave you alone. On the, the decisions to make the business go forward, they leave you alone. But they support you uh, uh, very much on the financial side with banks and with different you know, different connections through uh, trying to get anything accomplished. And, and so there's a good support system around that. Uh, that we've enjoyed, right? And I, I look back and I would I would I be in this position uh, if I hadn't made that decision? I think it would have been a heck of a lot tougher. It's always mm -hmm. difficult to say, but 
uh, it's been a great ride for us. We've had super good partners. Our private equity partners have been great. We've grown our business. We've remained owners of the business, which I love. Uh, you know, it's, it's yeah. so, so rewarding. And it's, it's just rewarding to have people around too, that you can have fun with that, that are enjoying the business with you that, that are paid well, and, and that can be part of the business and not just, you know, uh, employees. Yeah. So all your PE guys have like pimped up cars now. You know what? Funny enough, we go into most of these transactions where they're not sure what to think of us. And then by the time we get out of this transaction, they're all cars. Every single car has a wheel on it. It's, it's really fun to watch. And now you're that's addicted, cool. right? Once you make yeah. that leap, you're in trouble. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to have to go. Uh, I'm going to have to browse through your catalog and maybe upgrade a couple of vehicles. Yeah, so. You need to. You'll get addicted. I'm bored with you. Okay. Hey, it's listeners, fun. again, this is Proco 360. I'm your host, Dave Tabor, featuring entrepreneurs who could be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. I'm speaking with Randy White of Wheel Pros. Go to Proco360.com to subscribe to the newsletter, read my blog, and catch the books I'm listening to on Audible. And don't forget to rate Proco 360 in your app when you finish this episode. Hey, I had a question, Randy, about um, uh, about the catalog because it's beautiful. By the way, I was on the website. I turned every page. There are hundreds of options. And when you start customizing yeah. to your point, there are millions. I mean, at what point does, does it become enough? Does it become counterproductive? Does it become just, you know, decision fog around these kinds of things? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Decision fog. And I, I would say decision fog is probably our biggest hurdle. Right. And that's why if you look at if you go to our website and you look at we have a year making model that helps you start identifying what you want. And then we'll even filter it down. Is it black wheels you want? Is it chrome wheels you want? Is it you know silver wheels you want? And then you can and what size would you like to put on? You take it, you know, look at your tire size currently and, and you start to get a feel for it. And then I think really the 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 factor that continues to push our business forward is when I, the, the vehicles choose our wheels and they're rolling down the street and you're sitting at a stop sign and you look next to the, and uh, the person next to you has a really cool car. And, and most of us are starting to recognize a lot of that has to do with the stance of the vehicle, what tires on the vehicle, what wheels on the vehicle, what accessories are on. And really the number one automotive aftermarket category is wheels, right? And, and so I think that's a really great way of defining, but you're right. It's overwhelming. So we categorize it between passenger car, yep. uh, CUV, SUV, trucks. And then, you know, you get enthusiasts out there that just go crazy with what they want to do with a, you know, when I started in the industry, uh, wheels were 14, 15, 16 inch. Then all of a sudden, 18 inch comes along and you're going, holy man, that's incredible how big that thing is. And then I remember the first time a 20 inch wheel came into our business. You go, uh, who's going to put this on their vehicle? This is nuts. And now you see OEs coming out with 18s, 20s, 22s. Uh, Mercedes is going to come out with a 24 on their OE. Wow. Uh, and so we sell anything from a 14 inch wheel to a 30 inch wheel. At you know, on any given vehicle, it's it's well, uh, and and yeah. and you make. I want to switch gears a little bit too, Randy, because now you've moved more and more in, into actual manufacturing. You've gone from yeah. a distributor to now a manufacturer, and and you just bought a second plant. Um, you know how is it hard to make a wheel? 
It is, right? And and I'll step you quickly through the process here. But look, you know, you, you have to design a wheel that makes some sense. You have to design a wheel that makes make uh, towards a vehicle in particular. Uh, that, that's a cr- very creative process. And then you have to engineer it, right? And the engineering and the design don't also, also always reflect each other, right? Because you have to obviously pass tests, right? You get, that wheel has to be structurally sound. Yeah. And so then you have to work with mediums, right? Whether that's steel, uh, aluminum that's melted or aluminum that is just, uh, you know, milled into what you want it to be and the strength regarding those. So yeah, that's complicated. And then really when you start pouring wheels into casting machines and you're melting aluminum, you're pouring it in there and then you're, you're bringing out a wheel and you're, you're, it has to go through heat treat. It has to go through machining. It has to go through testing. It has to go through painting and x-ray. And, and so it becomes not only just an art all the way in the front end, but also a, a technical aspects of it for pouring and casting what all you have to know about metallurgy and, and, <laughs> and, and all different sciences. And then, it, you know, it, it's tough. Well, let's, you know, I, I've seen some of the ads about, you know, how a certain wheel feels or whatever. Do they really feel, I mean, a, a car, a truck weighs 4,000 to 5,000 pounds, right? Do, do wheels feel different to drive on or does this feel like you feel great because you know the wheels are cool? Well, I think there's a little bit of combination of both, right? But Really, they yeah, actually feel I, different to, me, to drive on? Yes, you can. We can put wheels on your car that will perform better, right? Um, and if you go from a 17-inch wheel to a 20-inch wheel and you have a low, lower profile tire, you're going to feel a performance difference. If you go from a cast wheel to a forged wheel, you're going to feel that performance difference, right? Because you have less give. And, and when you go to turn that vehicle, you know, that, that wheel is obviously harder than that piece of rubber that's on it. And, and so the, the larger you make that wheel and the less you make that rubber, you're going to see some performance uh, changes in that vehicle. And let me ask you this, right? As soon as you put a new tire on, do you feel the difference? I do. I love buying new tires, but, but I never expected that, that there'd be a different feel in. Yeah. I think new tires feel sort of softer and just smoother. Yeah. But I didn't know the wheels could feel that way. Well, yeah, they really can, especially if we call it a plus one, plus two, plus three. So if, like I said, if you're going from an 18 inch wheel on, let's say, say it's your truck, and you're putting a 22 on, uh, you're going to feel a difference in the way that thing rides, the way it performs. But it also, I think it's just this, it also goes right back to attitude too. And when you're walking up to your vehicle and you see it and you love the way it looks, you feel great about it. Yeah. yeah, We're we're in that industry where it's, we we look at it and say, my partner loves to say this, this is a happy purchase, right? People go in and, you know, and and it's not, uh, you know, something that you just go, oh gosh, I got to get this done now. I want to get this done and it's a lot of fun to have. Well, speaking of happy purchases, I mean, the the off-road industry, the uh, ATV industry, the uh, RV and camping industry during COVID, they've all gone, done really, really well. Are you seeing that? Yeah. I mean, would you consider those purchases happy purchases? I think so, right? I'm probably biased, but I well, but, think they're I mean, very the happy Sprinter purchases. vans are they're like, like, you know, they're like, bunnies the way they are multiplying yeah i and if you've never been inside one that's been decked out do yourself a favor go check it out yeah Uh, yeah. it's really fun to do um look 
yeah, they're happy purchases. It's just a different way of looking at life, right? Instead of buying an airplane ticket and flying, you know, halfway across the world, people are are buying a, a you know a UTV and they're they're bolting it on with all kinds of accessories and they're enjoying the outdoors. They're being more, they're staying more time with their family. They're camping. They're finding new uses of Jeeps and and going out and having fun doing that, right? There's nothing better than to go on some of the Jeeping, particularly here in Colorado. It's amazing. Uh, the places that you can go see with a Jeep and, you know, and how, it, and depending on how far you want to take it, it can be a bit thrilling too. Yeah. So, well, yeah, I've, I've seen some photos of, of uh, Jeeps that seem <laughs> like they're ready to tip over for sure. Now, you know, yeah. it, it sounds like you've gone from a scrappy startup entrepreneur who was reselling somebody else's products to, you know, now you're a manufacturer, now you're a leader in the industry, but I mean, on, on the WheelPro's website, there's a button you push to become a dealer. I mean, can anyone do what you did? Can anyone start like this now? Yeah, you can. I mean, you you can become a dealer that sells our products anytime you want. We'll we'll service you anytime they want. Uh, I think our business in general has become more and more difficult to get in because it's not cheap, right? It's very expensive. You know, when you talk when you talk about building a mold for one wheel, you know, you're talking about fifteen twenty thousand dollars for every mold you build. So when you look at our catalog and we have three four hundred styles in there, okay. and you multiply that probably by four for every single one of them. You know, and you got 1,200 styles, and then now multiply that by 20 grand, and that's about what it costs for us to put it, mm. put that catalog together and, and get out there and get after it, right? So, but uh, you know, if you want to become a dealer f- uh, of Wheel Pros, super easy to do. You get yourself a, a business license, and uh, you're pretty much in business with as long as you have a mountain balance machine and you know how to, a little bit about it. Uh, mm. We can teach you a ton quickly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, easy to do. And, and, uh, if you enjoy that lifestyle, do yourself a favor, especially if you want to be an entrepreneur, I think that's a great way to start. So the question I still have is the notion that brands market directly, dealers market directly, Mm -hmm. you market directly. I mean, how does a consumer know where to buy a wheel? Like, should they go to a big name store, big box store? Should they be buying them online direct from the brand? You know, how does, how does all that dynamic work? Yeah, it's, you know, interesting question, because I think it really depends on the consumer. And, and, and you know, I'm, I, I don't mean to offend anybody, but I, I can offend myself since I'm, I'm in the 50s, right? So I think we tend to be more on hands purchasers, right? We want to go to a retail store, we want to see what we're going to buy, we want advice around it. Um, and, and we're less trusting about what you're going to get on an e commerce, particularly when it comes to something that's from a style perspective. Uh, and then I'm going to, you know, flip the switch there and go down to the 35, you know, 30, 25 year olds who, if you don't have an application that works on the phone, you're toast, right? They, 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 that's how they live their lives. And they're very comfortable with that, right? They understand it. They understand the ins and outs. They understand how to navigate through all that stuff. So, you know, I, I, there's different ways that different consumers want to uh, yeah. accomplish that same task. And, and uh, you know, I think that's it. And from a branding perspective, we go after our brands. Um, you know, like I said, we own 24 different brands that we actually actively pursue. Um, so we we do a lot of SEOs. We do a lot of advertising on uh, Facebook. Uh, <laughs> Let's move on to a couple of quick wrap-up questions. And one has to do with uh, keeping focused on the theme of this Proco 360 podcast, world-class entrepreneurs who choose Colorado. You know, I know you grew up 
in Colorado. Has being in Colorado been helpful or hindering to your ability to grow? You know, I, uh, I grew up in Colorado, uh, and the story that I told you previously about my wife not even wanting to move out of Colorado, it's, it's a place that we love. We're, we're very passionate about this state. Um, so, and, and I think most of what you see going on in our industry is really West Coast uh, generated, right? So in my opinion, being here in Colorado and away from some of the, while, while I think it's beneficial to be in the middle of it, I think it's very beneficial to be outside of it looking in. And it allows you to make independent decisions and to see more clearly where the industry is going and what it looks like and, and, and not get caught up in some of the stuff that happens, you know, when, when you're out in California. So uh, I think Colorado has been a phenomenal place to run a business and obviously a phenomenal place to bring up my family. Love it. Yeah. Now what's, what's next for wheel pros in your evolution? Uh, we're still getting after it. Uh, you know, uh, we're, we're trying to, to set new records again this year. Um, we're looking at breadth of product going after different, uh, uh, products that are not necessarily wheel oriented. Uh, I think I referred to earlier. Uh, we're, we're we own a lift kit company called Ready Lift that we're we're growing that company. We uh, have done some uh, lug nuts and locks and stuff like that that we've purchased those companies. Uh, you know, we'll we'll continue to find ways to grow this thing, whether that's step bars or or brakes or shocks or whatever that might look like, mm. and really design it around and and uh, design it around the passion of the automobile. Wow. Well, I think that's a great place to wrap up. Thank you, Randy. I'm your host, Thank Dave you. Tabor. Yeah, today on Proco360, you've been listening to my conversation with Randy White, founder and CEO of Wheel Pros. Randy, thanks again for joining me. You're welcome. Listeners, thanks to you also for joining me on Proco360, where we say live, work, love Colorado, because you and I and my guests can be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. You make the show successful by subscribing to the Proco360 podcast and submitting a review. Thanks again to show sponsors, First Bank, Kinsley Meetings, MicroStar Keg Logistics, Via Technologies, and the Colorado Chamber of Commerce. That's the show, live, work, love Colorado. Colorado.